What is up, guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. Today, we got a special guest from Warsaw. This is Jeff Cavender. Uh, he's got his own real estate team. So he's the leader of a group. Uh, he just switched over to EXP Realty. Shout out to Jordan Wildman for helping convince Jeff to make the mm-hmm. switch. And uh, he's only 30 years old. He's got his own real estate team. He's doing some epic stuff. Anytime we've ever needed to know more about anything that's just west of Fort Wayne, <laughs> we call Jeff and say, hey, man, you know, what, what are our chances of selling this if we buy it? And usually Jeff's like, oh, yeah, definitely buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so just been a great uh, business compass for us and uh, super thankful to have him on today. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Well, yeah, thanks, you guys. I only asked like four times. But. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, I was like, uh, you're one of the few people that followed up with me a lot to, to come on. I'm like, but that's what it takes, man. I was actually blowing him off so that he could get through PSI before we had him on because I was like, I feel like it's going to be so much richer and he'll have so much more awareness and like things like that. So I was like, I'm just going to ignore him a little bit longer <laughs> until he gets through the seminar. Yeah. What, did you feel like that? that that was good that I did that or that are you kind of yeah, I, mean, like, I just figured like you guys were super busy anyway but I was like I want to be on that thing so yeah. I, was, I was just gonna keep asking but I do think yeah PSI was um, mind-blowing like amazing so I didn't know that was your plan the whole time I thought it was just like <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't sold Dakota. I didn't tell Dakota what my plan was I was just well, like, he knows just wait he knows that I would just be like dude that's the dumbest thing ever so just get him on the <laughs> yeah. podcast that's why he didn't tell me yeah well, I just like uh even like you know the mastermind stuff or the panel you go to panels and I'm listening to dudes that you know I'm like how much in sales did they do mm-hmm. four million they've, they've sold 20 houses and I'm like I did 46 million and t- over 200 homes last year and then I'm like why am I not on these panels? Why am I not on these podcasts? So I was like, you guys got the voice. I was like, I'll get, I'll get there. Yep. Well, that's what, it, that's what it takes too. Is like, uh, just like, Hey, why not me? Yeah. And then just reach out and then, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I, I think that's a huge thing for me is a, like more so when I was like by myself, I feel like now that I have a team and like people that count on me, I've kind of, it's built this a little bit more of a fear in me. But when I was solo and I came into real estate and you look at that MLS top leaderboard, the only thing I thought of was, well, why not me? Mm-hmm. Like these people are normal people. And mm-hmm. so I had no fear ever going into anything. And it's like with you guys, like you guys are huge in the area. And then, so some people are like, like, it's like a, you guys are legends. They're like, oh, it's Tony Dakota. Like I could never speak to them. And I'm like, I see you guys. And I'm like, I want to, I'm going to be their friend, dude. I'm going to hang out with yeah. these guys. Like, what do you mean you're not going to talk to them? And so that was just huge for me was why not me? Yeah. And then you do it. It's well, like, if anybody feels like that for us, talk to us. Cause <laughs> it's a uh, lot. yeah, I think that, I think that a lot of people think that way too. And I think of that way about like, you know, Ryan Pineda and all these people, but like, dude, they're just people. Yeah. And so then if it holds you back from talking to them, like, just go talk to them. They're, oh, yeah. they're usually where they're at because they're good people, just like you. You're where you're at because you're a genuine, like, guy and actually want to be friends with people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's, like, I always, like, showings take so long or something, and I'll tell, I'll get home and tell my wife, man, they were talkers. Well, now my wife got her license, so she's came with me to a few showings, and we get in the car, and she's like, you're the talker. <laughs> she's like, they, they mentioned investing, and now we're here for an hour talking about the properties you own, they own. And I was like, well, I like people. And you get onto a topic where business, I'm like, I'm going to talk to you forever. Yeah. Are you so, Jordan? Are you Jordan's brother? <laughs> oh man, when we met, when I met Jordan, it was crazy. We were in Florida getting recruited by Keller Williams, yep. and me and him met, totally dished like Keller Williams, and we stayed together the entire rest of the time. And I was like, dude, like, I feel like you're my brother almost. That's we were awesome. like same height, same amount of rentals, same in sales. I was like, this is weird, dude. Wow. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. So you have some rental properties too. Uh, I have 24, but we just put two buildings up for sale. 24 doors. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I saw that one quadplex. Yep, that looked like a pretty nice. It is. I wouldn't be selling it, but I bought it with partners, and those the three of them said they wanted to get out of it, mm. and I didn't. I didn't use a loan that was assumable. So even if I wanted mm. to buy their share out, I would go to like the new seven percent rates, and we have it at four. And I was like, Wait, who told you that? The bank, Crossroads. Oh my gosh, freaking Robin. Yeah. <laughs> that's who, and that's who I have everything through. Like, everything is through Crossroads. And I'm like, dude, uh, like, I'll just buy their share. I'll just take their names off, put, leave me on, and we'll be good. He's yep. like, no, we don't do assumable mortgages. That's such bull crap. 
I, I wouldn't mean, even. It, it'd be funny if you just didn't even tell him and then just like, all right. But now it's too late. But like, just don't say anything next time because yeah, yeah, that's insane. Well, my thought is, you the have, company, right? You, you have a company, or is it yeah, three it's owned under a different LLC? Okay. So. Okay. so yeah. So just quit claim it to yourself, and then when it when they call it due on sale, uh, quit claim it back to all four of you, and then just land contract it to yourself. Yeah, that's. That sounds like a lot, but well, you can, <laughs> yeah, you can just, look, what if you did this? So if you have you have the cash, or you, yeah, you have the cash. I could, yeah. So you could buy all three guys out yeah. and then just have it for yourself. So have them write you up a land contract where the amount of money that you have to put down is what they is their yeah. shares. And well, then just land contract it to yourself. And I thought that too, but then when I ran the numbers, it's like 130 grand, I think. But I was mm-hmm. like, if that's 130 grand, the thing's cash or it net or gross is 3600 a month. So I'm like, 100 yeah. grand, I can put that anywhere else and make way more money. Yeah. We got it. We bought it good. We bought it two years ago at like 220,000 at 4%. So we bought it really right. right. Um, and now I'm like, I like that building. I would never sell, but they want to. And so I was like, I'm not going to buy them out when I could put 100 grand into any other investment and make more than three grand a month yeah so yeah well that makes sense it doesn't make sense yeah i I, yeah i ran the numbers a lot and i was like because i like the bill i've never actually sold any building i've owned i bought my first house at 19 still own that one as a rental now we we moved but i've just never everything i bought i've kept because i was like they make money what what do you mean but now like knowing guys like you and knowing you know drew and all those guys it's like oh you can make a lot more money like Mm -hmm. i could actually they, they might make 500 bucks a month but I could make $5,000 a month. So I'm trying to switch to that mindset. And so I posted my headache building. That's the five unit one. I posted that one for sale. And then now that four unit, I was just like, yeah, we'll sell it too. And I'm going to roll all this into something else. I like it. So where where did all your confidence come from? Because it seems like you've got confidence in business. Did you grow up around business people? Did you grow up with no money? Did you grow up like middle class? Yeah. So I would say middle class, definitely. Um, so my dad was a, a meth head from like two years old on. My mom div- was divorced him and then married my stepdad. So I had my stepdad from like four on, but my dad was just in and out of my life. Like he was always into drugs and then into prison. So it'd be like two years in prison. Then my dad's back two years in prison. Um, and so I think that that's actually how I got my confidence was he had this like no like no fucks attitude like i'm if i want it i take it and nobody's better than me which is a terrible attitude like i resented it but i think that might be where i had the no fear thing like i'm gonna walk up and talk to whoever i want to ask somebody whatever i want to ask them so maybe that was a good thing i got out of him but then with my mom and my stepdad we had the three three boys so i mean they were working their jobs going to school and so it was me and just two boys and and they were they're actually like they had been the biggest no's in my life every time i was like i'm gonna quit this job and go to this job they're like no don't do that don't Mm -hmm. do that i'm gonna start real estate no don't do that i'm gonna buy rentals rentals are terrible like don't (laughs) do that and now it's to the point where they're like hey what's the next thing like you're getting (laughs) into yeah and i'm like but and i never like you know i never let it be offensive like they were telling me no they were telling me no from a place from their beliefs and right. they they set it out of good intentions but i and she actually helped me she gave me the dave ramsey book um because i was working at zimmer which in warsaw orthopedics is everything so yeah. i'm making like 25 bucks an hour broke mm-hmm. like like overdrafting my account and i would tell her and she was like all right here you need to read this book mm. so i read that book and really it was more of the stories the testimonials of somebody like i make forty thousand dollars a year and i'm i paid off a hundred grand in debt i'm like i make 80 grand a year and i'm broke as shit so then i did that and then like red rich dad poor dad and so it was just all was me like i had no business people in my life but i just read books read books then youtube which i wish was around when i was in high school like it would be insane to have those kind of like alex formosi as a mentor in high school but now i'm doing it now so that was kind of how that all got started Mm -hmm. you said something there that that I always, uh, I always say whenever I'm speaking or anything like that, but it's a quote that I remember. It is just because somebody loves you doesn't mean that they know what's best for you, what you're capable of, or what God has planned for your life. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's always interesting of, like, you know, they're doing it out of love and to protect you, and so that's what I always want to remember as well of like they're not doing it of like hey i want to hold you back from what i think you're capable of but what they're doing is they are they're they're holding you back based on your past or based on what they believe is possible for you and so you always have to watch doing that because we do that to other people as well Um, but yeah that's a great reminder for people of like man these people love you they care about you 
But just because they're giving you that advice does not mean it's good advice because, I mean, obviously it was not really good advice because, yeah. I mean, sounds like quitting the job, doing real estate, buying rentals for you has been a good choice. Yeah, and I mean, like, like for me, it was I got into one orthopedic company, and then I was like, hey, I'm going to quit this one and go to the other one. And they're like, no, you need to stay there and build up seniority, get vacation. Mm-hmm. And I did, I did it and, like, doubled my income. And then I'm at Zimmer, which was, like, one of the top ones. And uh, then I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to go to Depew and work there. They're like, no, don't do that. You already, you know, you have three mm-hmm. years in over here. Don't do that. I quit there, went over to Depew. I'm making 40 bucks an hour, easiest job ever best benefits i did five years there and i did i started real estate after year one so i did third shift orthopedics real estate sales and then i used all the money to start buying rentals um and they were the whole time it was like no don't do that and i was like it's working and then like in the factory you get it i would i'd be sitting there listening to a podcast so somebody walk into my area and it'd be some dude just talking to me through the speakers or i'd be reading my book on break instead of going smoking outside or something and they'd be like you're an idiot like what are you doing yep and then the moment i would i quit when they did uh, the covid stuff and they started mandating the vaccine i was like yeah i'm, I'm i don't need this place anymore i'm out of here and everybody's like, oh you're so lucky that you get to leave i was like lucky i worked four years like on four hours of sleep maybe a day Mm -hmm. like i built this myself and i told you like i never hide anything if somebody wants to ask me money or what like they'll come up to me hey i have this property what should i do i'm like keep it as a rental dude even in sales like if they're like hey what should i do with this i want to buy this one but i could probably keep that i'm like yeah keep that as a rental even Mm -hmm. though i would make way more money if they let me sell it but I'm not in it for the money, like per se. Right. I'd rather help somebody. And if I, yeah. if they're like, oh, Jeff showed me how to own rentals, and now I'm sitting way better. Yeah. That's way more for me. Yeah, like give them actual real advice. Real it is advice. funny when people are like, man, that must be nice, kind of oh, thing. And man. it's like, hey, uh, we didn't just get this handed to us. We still had to work for it. So, must be nice is like the wrong thing to say to somebody who. You know, try did everything yeah. that they could to create what they've got. Yeah, and then in the same aspect where you have those people that are like must be nice. I have the people that like did see what I did, and they like I've even had people on Facebook say something, and then the comments I have like my own little fans that come in there and like Jeff busted his ass for so <laughs> long, and, and it's people I don't even know, but like I did it in person, so they saw me. They walked around right. and saw me reading rental books and and stuff like that, and then it's nice to see them come to your defense when you don't even have to. Yeah. What's, what's funny is whenever you they don't see it and they don't know, because there's a lot of people, like, there's a lot of things that you did that people don't know about. There's a lot of stuff that, like, you put in and work, that, that, and the results do speak for themselves. Like, if somebody's doing well, there's a reason of why. And like you said, uh, it's not just about hard work either. It's about putting in the knowledge, like, and listening and, like, maximizing your time. It's about a whole lot more than just, like, working hard. You were doing multiple different things at the same time and then built it. And that's what I always explain to people, too, is it's not just hard work. It's, like, sh- it's strategic work. The strategy comes from books, which comes from learning, which comes from, like, intentions, um, so yeah, there's a lot more that you have done that people don't see and the same for all of us So like well, that's awesome that people come to your fence Even those people do not see everything else that goes on behind closed doors. Yeah, like you probably went through a lot emotionally physically like all of it Talk about like your struggles and like what you ha- what you did go through Yeah, I mean, I don't know if have you have you ever worked third shift anywhere. Yes. Okay I was gonna say anybody that works third shift knows that struggle is unreal and then you throw another job on top of it which all the books say to do you know eight hours for the man and four or five for yourself or whatever and so mentally emotionally and that was the huge thing i learned in psi was that i was just choosing business over everything so like i would say my family life sucked and i was like well it's because i'm working so much but i was like literally blaming the work instead Mm -hmm. of the fact that i was choosing it Mm -hmm. so physically my body sucked no sleep eating shit food emotionally the like keeping my marriage together was impossible it felt like mm-hmm. and this whole time i had, i was pointing the finger i'm like well it's the it's the business yep. it's that fault although i ran the businesses mm-hmm. like i never would i wouldn't connect it back to myself i just would tell myself i have to do this even though i make like five times what my family ever made growing up with three kids i kept saying like no we need more money we mm-hmm. need more of this and so 
the struggle was definitely that the emotional stuff definitely throughout school um with my with my dad um that's not stuff like any like whenever i tell someone my dad's a, a meth head they're always like what but he wasn't around like i had parents so it wasn't like i was an orphan like my mom did really great for me so but that just brought its own stuff that psi brought out obviously for me yeah. um, was all that stuff um so that would, i would say that would be the the biggest struggles i faced yeah i was just uh talking i'm glad that you mentioned it too i was just talking to somebody else actually in the office about like you have control and that's what a lot of us like we almost don't want to admit of like you know you can feel certain things you can like say these things and we all like kind of tell ourselves because like you're saying you're basically a victim to your work it's like no no yeah. no you're a victim to yourself that you're choosing it and like really you're not a victim at all because you're choosing it and when you get to that place that's when like you know i, I talked to my girlfriend and she's like oh man i'm i have to go to work i'm like okay stop using that language <laughs> you don't have to go to work you don't have to do this you don't have to do anything you're choosing it so choose to do it or choose not to but like don't put yourself in this like oh i i i'm not able to do anything else and like that's where i feel like that's when people really excel is when they take all the responsibility for the life that they create yeah that's that's 100 and uh i put out a lot of these little videos like reels on instagram um and i usually do it when i leave the y or in the sauna at the y but the y has these little i call them nuggets they're little probably pinterest cutouts or whatever but like the other days was about time and it was like if someone says like they don't have time or whatever they're just not making time mm -hmm. and i was like that is 100 percent true but i would say like that vast pop population has no idea about mentality and stuff so they would never think that and they're just like well i have to work i have bills to pay mm -hmm. and i'm like well what you don't get is the choices you made that made you broke to to be that mm -hmm. way so like when you're saying if somebody ever says like yeah man i'm just too busy they're you're, you're honestly choosing to not have time to do that and then for me, like I'm making these videos and stuff. And as I'm saying that I'm instantly like, I should be spending way more time with my kids and yeah. my wife. Like I, and so from the outside, it's like that whole social media thing. Oh, it looks like their life is great, but I love coaching though too. So like my wife probably looks at my videos and she's like, you're a hypocrite, dude, yeah. but I'm helping other people. Right. So like, it's not like I'm not going to talk about it until I've perfected it. Cause I'll never, I never will. Right. But so I, I've read so many books and stuff. I was like, I want to start a YouTube channel and I want to coach and do all that stuff because I know it. Yeah. I'm not perfect. I don't practice everything. I'm trying, but yeah. it, I mean, life's hard as hell. Talk about it while you're going through it. Pulling data lists like vacant houses, mortgage foreclosures, and tax delinquent properties is important to direct to seller marketing. Batch Leads is the main platform where we store our sellers data and skip trace owners for their phone numbers, emails, and addresses. On other platforms, you end up having to pay twice for the same contact if you've already skip traced it. My favorite thing about batch leads is that if you skip traced a contact once, you never have to pay for that contact again. Batch leads has SMS texting campaigns, direct mail marketing, and driving for dollars app integrated in a simple to use interface. Click the link below and try batch leads today. Yeah, there's a piece of mind square in the seminar that uh, is like relationship, spiritual, emotional, mental. Where do you feel like you're weakest? Weakest? <laughs> uh, I mean, probably spiritual. I've, I've definitely been Christian like my whole life, and I believe that. But that's the easiest one to let go of, I feel like. Like, easiest to stop going to church on a Sunday, stop reading your Bible. Um, and so I would say that's probably in my in my life where I that was what I chose to give up over. You know, I'm like, I got a lot of business and family. That's what's getting it. God, you're on. I know you got me. You're, like, back there. But I feel like if I could prioritize that and make that stronger, maybe all the squares connect then. You know, Mitch, Mitch Cruz owns, uh, well, did, used to own, the cruise auction park in Auburn. We just had him on the podcast not too long ago. He was kind of talking about how he was using Jesus as an insurance policy. <laughs> so yeah. that like, he's like, well, you know, I know like worst case scenario, if I die, I'm still good to go kind of thing. But he wasn't really living a life that was congruent with his beliefs. 
and he didn't like establish those values. And then uh, I was just listening to David Goggins. I listen to David Goggins a lot in the morning when I get yep. in my cold plunge because it's like nearly nearly impossible for me to motivate myself completely on my own. So I've listened to David Goggins and he talked about how the way for him was to work on his weaknesses. Cause you hear all the time, everybody goes, yeah, just double down on your strengths and let somebody else, you know, take care of your weaknesses. And he was like, man, the way for me to get my confidence was to teach myself how to learn because I was convinced that I had a mental disability because everybody told me that I had a mental disability. And so when I spent hours and hours and hours like filling out notebooks, he finally figured out a way that worked for him. Uh, and I like that philosophy of when the the majority of, you know, what what is most effective for you the advice seems to be to double down on your strengths. And he's talking about becoming a more complete person by working on your weaknesses, knowing what your weaknesses are, identifying those, and then working on them. And I thought that was a really cool philosophy. Yeah, I would definitely hate for that to be my mechanism is how he said like he had to write everything down, like read a book and write it down himself like four times. Like that would be terrible, I think. <laughs> Luckily, that's not my issue that I had. Uh, but uh, He's like, I, I don't care about getting in cold water and doing push-ups and everything else. Jeff's like, my hell is having to write, write out. Shit, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I listen to Goggins a lot too. Like, um, if you were ever at the gym and you like pulled my headphones out, it's literally probably him yelling. And they, they have a like, really cool motivational ones just on YouTube, like a 40 minute one. And it goes through different speakers, like hitting their highlights. And that gets me going. And then I even have a poster from him and it says like, try not to be a little bitch today. Um, him and, <laughs> I have him and Jordan Peterson right above my bed. So mm -hmm. when I wake up and I want to hit snooze, I'm looking right at those two dudes telling me something and it's. That's helped me so far for my morning workouts. What's your favorite Jordan Peterson quote? Does it have a quote on it? It what does. So it? it says, if you fill, if you fulfill your daily obligations, you don't have to worry about the future. Mm. Which I think if, I mean, so many people get stuck in the future or in the past and it's never even happened. And if you actually just focused on the day-to-day -day things, like, you know, maybe plan for the future and know that, okay, if I do these daily things, it'll happen and so jordan peterson is literally saying like yeah if you fulfill your daily obligations the future will be what it's what you're trying to make it mm -hmm. but i don't think you can just wander around aimlessly either like mm -hmm. you definitely need those goals and plans and all that what 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 would you say like you are more uh, more logical or more emotional definitely more logical yeah i can i can see that i wanted to see if you knew that as well so what i found is there's like uh, a a connection it seems like whenever you get to where you can be more emotional did you did you go sign up for the next one on sci not yet uh -uh. okay so when you go through this stuff and you can allow yourself to be more emotional that's when i feel like i was more connected with god than i've ever been and i've noticed that there's something to emotions and then god like i don't know what it is but like i felt i was more connected with him than i ever been and that was about probably like six to eight months ago when I was just going through a really emotional journey. I was like actually feeling my emotions because I feel like I'm more wired like you where I don't want to think about emotions. It doesn't matter how I'm feeling. I don't give a crap. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And sometimes you have to, like you said, be in the moment, allow yourself to feel. And then I think that you might have a little bit more of a connection. Yeah, my thought on that too was uh, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, has a model for understanding bodies. So their philosophy is there are four bodies, the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, and then the spiritual body. Well, your subconscious mind is connect, directly connected to your emotional body. Mm -hmm. And when you think about the three forms of consciousness where you've got your uh, you know, uh, conscious, subconscious, and then superconscious, if your subconscious is completely out of alignment or you're just deciding not to experience it at all, you're not experiencing emotions. You're not mm -hmm. allowing yourself to be imaginative. You're not uh, you don't have like a detailed vision of what the future could look like, like in a either sound, video, photo, you know, your, your subconscious mind thinks in forms of pictures. If you don't allow that into your life, then you're like you're kind of missing that bottom up connection to your spiritual body you're not gonna end up there right right definitely um and i don't know i i think through psi i learned like maybe why i don't go emotional and it's probably from with my dad uh stuff but 
like logical has just helped me in everything else. Yeah, like, and 100%. I, and, and it's like you can be really, really good at bad things. Like I am a master deflector. Like if my wife wants to say anything, I can definitely blame it on someone else or something else, um, probably through like unset expectations or something. But like I'm really good at a bad thing. And so logical was what I, I was like fifth in my class going into senior year, but then I had my son. I had my son my junior year in high school. Wow. Yeah, like school started in August. He was born in September. Yeah, and um, and I was still like fifth in my class just because school was so easy, logical stuff. I didn't have to study. I was smoking weed, drinking, like had a kid. Like, and then by senior year, I was working third shift in a factory. But everything to me was just like logical pays off, mm-hmm. high emotions. And then now, you know, that doesn't work in relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, when your partner wants to tell you about their day or about a problem, and you solve it with like three things real quick you're like well did you do this this or this they don't care at all right they didn't want a solution yeah and then that was probably been the hardest part for me to grasp but one of the biggest learning things like in real estate i talk to people every day so you have to learn about a person because mm-hmm. they don't you know when they're telling you what their ideas of a house are they don't want to know your ideas of the house yeah. you know so that was a huge thing for me and i think connecting emotionally with myself would just benefit me in like crazy ways Yep. So what are you doing? Are you doing anything different now, like from Psy and to like get more in touch with your emotional side or like I, I call it feminine energy because that's what I like really like am struggle with is like Ed is a perfect example of somebody who's in both. And like I think when you can be in both, you can be fully who you are. And I feel like a lot of times it's logical. It's like, yeah, it benefits you in a lot of areas. And I've like I've experienced a lot of those benefits. And then I tell myself now it's good. But like what are some practical ways if you decide, OK, yeah, it's helping me. It's costing a lot. Yeah. And when those costs are like not worth it, what are some ways that you do that? Like, okay, this is getting me closer there. Or are you still figuring that out? Uh, I'm definitely still figuring it out. I mean, Psy was so much all at once, like to learn and to implement. Um, and then, like I said, like Jimmy being my uh, small group leader was just amazing. Yeah. And so I've, I've implemented, implemented a lot of stuff that he did or like told us to do. But, um, I was really trying with the workshop, going into workshop and then like doing that. But um, for some reason, I keep I keep doing it in bed. I'm like, I'm gonna lay down. I'm gonna go into workshop. Explain what workshop is for people if they haven't been to Psy. I don't I don't know if I'm the right person to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, for me, you go into your subconscious mind and then you create your own like uh, workshop, and that's where your feminine and masculine uh, like assistants are, um, and you're pretty much just like programming your subconscious mind mm-hmm. I, I mean tony probably would be able to way better than me at it but like i keep doing it when i lay down for bed yeah. and then i fall asleep mm-hmm. and so which was weird because before Cy, um i listened to a guy's named iron panda or he calls himself iron panda his name is jason bussy and uh, he taught me three two one sleep and uh, then the 20 20 20 so in that last hour it's 20 minutes meditation 20 minutes journaling 20 minutes reading and mm-hmm. he's like he preaches do not do this laying down you can read laying down but the journaling and the meditation is sitting up because yeah. you'll fall asleep yeah and so before Cy, i was doing that like regularly and it was actually helping the journaling the meditation everything was helping and then now for some reason when i went to Cy and i learned how to go deeper into it i stopped doing the other stuff and now i'm doing it in bed and i pass out so <laughs> I, it's just a willpower thing of me sucking i guess hmm. but so, so you got the workshop. Anything else that uh, you've been like working on or going through? Is there anything that's been better than something else, like uh, for getting more in touch with your emotions? Um, I mean, it was really the fact that like I wasn't listening and that I had I had expectations on people when you should never have that. Mm-hmm. So I really let those go and then started to listen. So like one of my goals was to spend thirty minutes every morning with my wife, mm-hmm. and it's like just listening. It's not even like, hey, what's your day look like? What's your schedule? No, it's literally just sit there and like while she maybe is doing her morning routine and i'm just sitting there listening and talking and i did it good for like a week and then dropped go it back off to your normal go went yeah went right back mm. so so th- that was something that w- was it working it, it was working i felt way more connected mm-hmm. and happier with the kids and with her and then i'm not sure I mean, I did just grow my team a lot larger, so now we're up to eight agents, and so I'm training team, and I think it's more of just choosing business over family. Like, I just go to that switch. It's so crazy. I feel like, yeah, we're very, very similar Um, because, like, you know, you know what you want, and then you don't do it sometimes because, like, yeah, you feel like the other people, the new people are more of an obligation, 
And it's like, man, but we abandon the people that are closest to us that are our obligation, like our kids, our wives, and then, but it feels more important for some reason for the other things. And yeah, it's so interesting. I think that the main thing is that you talked about is intentionality of like, let me sit down and one, find out what I really want and then like, just do it. Cause like, that's the main thing is like, just figure out what you want and then be intentional about it. Well, yeah, just, just what you said about Jordan Peterson saying that like, if you do the things now, then you don't have to worry about the future. That's something that we have a, a business coach, Kelly Bird, and he uh, specifically asked us to come up with several tasks, like just a couple small tasks that you do daily for each area of life. Mm -hmm. Something that you could add, Dakota's does it regularly with everybody in the office, and uh, I either do it at home or with the guys, is the uh, five-minute journal. That's really cool. And if you do that with your wife, if you do that with your wife, uh, it only takes five, ten minutes, um, but it's just three good things, three things that happened yesterday that were great, or three things that you're thankful for. And then uh, one thing that you learned yesterday, and then three things that you're thankful for today, and then three things that would make today great if they happened. And then some I am statements. And you journal those and then, mm-hmm. and like you speak then, them aloud to each other though? Then share, then share afterwards. Like, what'd you put? What'd you yeah. put? And I, I think that like why I default back to that is just because like, like you said, everybody plays on their strengths. And so like the moment that it, I start to get pushed back in the emotional side, I'm like right back into business. Cause, and she, she even, she's so aware of things. And so she was like, well, you're a leader there. You're not really a leader at home. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, well, obviously that's why I'd rather be there, you know? And mm-hmm. it's, and it's calculate, like it's measurable. So I can measure yep. the sales. I can measure mm-hmm. these guys' success. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, when I'm at home, I I'm in no man's land. Like I don't, I'm doing bad. I don't know why. And I can't fix it. Yeah. So I just immediately spend all my time where I can control it. I see success. Um, and then I'm like, well, why aren't you happy? We make all this money. And then like the other day I said, she, we were talking about something. I'm like, well, I make hundreds of thousands of dollars by doing that. And she's like, yes, yeah, so do I. Cause we're married. So yeah, technically <laughs> I'm like, I guess, but for me, I'm like, we need that for her. She's like, we don't need that at all. We need you. And then I, like, I, in the head, you're just like, I know that's what you need. And that's what I want. And then like, in, in PSI, it was crazy when it was like, what are you doing? And what is it costing you? Mm-hmm. Everything that it was costing you, what you could put that list as what's most important to you in life. Mm-hmm. And then they're the ones paying the price the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this makes no sense. That's if I, if I had to stop everything today, these would be the people I would hang out with. I don't hang out with those people every day. And it's like, but even saying that out loud, it's still so hard to make yourself do it because yep. you don't feel like a leader. Yeah, Kelly Kelly basically said that something that's typical of entrepreneur archetypes, business owners, that sort of thing, is that if they don't get all of these areas of life handled, like even doing a little task, just something that takes five minutes for each one of these categories, if you don't have like two little tasks that you can do, for your spiritual, for your physical, for your relational, and for your professional. You can grow the biggest company ever, and your entire life can fall apart. Mm-hmm. He just said it's something that's common among CEOs is like to push. And, and you can list out, too, there's a cool, a cool way of figuring out what your values are in neurolinguistic programming. Like, what do you actually value? And then just figure out, even without changing values, because there's a changing values exercise, even without doing that, you can figure out ways to make your number one value, like if your number one value is autonomy, freedom, that sort of thing, you can figure out how, like a hundred different reasons why loving your wife is gonna bring you that. A hundred different reasons why spending time with your kids is gonna give you that. Like a hundred different reasons, you know, like you you can start to, you can use your logic, like go ahead and use your logic and prove to yourself and convince yourself that you can still have your highest value of growing and having an abundant mindset and how your family is actually the reason why that's going to be possible. 
Yeah, um, and I think do you you guys know Austin Chevron, yep. right? Yeah. Um, so he, we were on a fishing trip, and and I, I went on this fishing trip. It was him, Jordan, Wildman, and Tim Burns, and I was like, I don't like fishing, but I was like, I'm gonna be on a boat with these dudes <laughs> for eight hours. I was like, I'm gonna be there, and we really did not hit like. Uh, anything like goals or um like the whole time we're fishing i'm like thinking these dudes are supposed to be like dropping knowledge on me <laughs> um like i'm literally just fishing and like chilling with these guys and then finally when we're on our way back um austin opens up and he's like hey so like what's your what's one of your goals or whatever for this year and i was like i want to do 20 million in sales i i personally did 18 last year my team did 46 um and i was like i want to do 20 million and he's like no you don't I was like, uh, yeah, I do, man. And uh, he's like, well, okay, if I gave you a deal tomorrow that was $20 million home and you sold it, went near your numbers, and you got no check, would you be happy? And I was like, no, not at all. He's like, so $20 million isn't your goal. He's like, your goal is a GCI, like the money thing to bring home. And I think that just showed me that, like, I, don't, I probably don't even know what my values are, like my real values where I think of is like a family and stuff, but then I cloud them with these fake values. Um, and then just since he told me that, I was like, okay, you're right. Like, I don't need my, I don't need to be the top one on that MLS, which has always been my goal. I was like, I'm going to take these guys over. And then I, I think we were like third or second, which is crazy because we're like the, I had like five years in the business and these people are lifers, their parents were realtors and we just came right up there and crushed it. Um, but I was like, that might not actually be my goal. And now since I sh shifted that, I think I'm going to make, over like a hundred grand um just from uh like no no sales that are going to be recorded from other outside and not the rentals either that's totally different but it's like a passive form of income that's coming to me now and no one's going to know about it and mm -hmm. i was like i like that mm -hmm. like i think i can i think i can transfer i don't think i need any sales to be recorded anymore as long as my monetary ones are getting hit but i feel like that just showed me that i kind of have fake values like what i say is my value is not actually my value Hmm. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate? It's not like what you see on HGTV. We created a course to show you how to really invest and create a profitable flipping and wholesaling business. We show you where to find the money, how to find the deals, and how to negotiate the deals. We go over live sales calls including negotiations, scripts, role playing, and so much more. Everything that you need to know to flip houses is in this course. And if there's a video that we didn't make that you want, We'll make it for you. This knowledge has made us well over a million dollars and it's available right now for $9.97. Click the link below, buy the course. I, I like telling people how much debt we've got now because for a lot of people then they would be like, oh yeah, that's not exactly the life that I want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, That those are some crazy ass numbers there. But I like, I never like dreamt of being a realtor. I don't know how I even chose it. Um, I just knew I wasn't gonna work in a factory the rest of my life, and that was the field I picked. Um, but I mean, I like it. I think I could probably wholesale too, but I think I like sales right now, and I really like the building a team. Like, yeah, I, I had a guy join on to my team. Um, he also worked with me at Depew too, and um, in like his second year, I think he did 20 million or something like that. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, he was making like half a million a year too. What happened to him? He should uh, be we, number one above you, Cable. He was above me. We saw him up there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> are you salty about that? No, not at all, dude. I, oh, okay. I would be happy if all my team did. Because like, I, what Get you make doesn't matter to what I make, you know? Right. Um, and that's what I show them. I'm like, 400 million is being sold. That's enough for all of us to do plenty, and, you know? Um, so I'm always encouraging them to do better. If they do better than me, great. You yeah. know, I don't care. I, I have a level I want to be at, and if I'm not there, that's when I'm going to be upset. But right. if you do double my level and that's what you wanted, then cool. Um, but, yeah, he uh, – and he he was so he was Hispanic, and I was like, dude, you're going to be the Spanish realtor. And he was like, no, I don't want to be known as that. And I'm like, why? You're the only one. Like, you're going to – it's a niche. You own it. Do it. And I was trying to push, 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 and he's like, no, I don't want to do it. And then it just naturally happened anyway. <laughs> and so, I mean, like, the back, last last year he did $22 million. I think the year before that was either 20 or 18 We crushed everything. We were third in the state. And this is actual state. Actual uh, state? For REMAX. Oh, they oh gave for us the, REMAX. Now yeah. we're getting it. Okay. <laughs> they gave us the trophies, and we had no idea. But we were third in the state for volume and transactions. And we did $46 million with me and him doing $40 million of it. 
wow. with six agents. But I mean, I'm super happy for him. Like, I love him, his wife, his family. Like, I would hope that he does as much as he wants to. Uh, and we just we split the team up. I wanted, you know, EXP. They didn't want to change, but I was like, I'm leaving a lot of stock and insurance on the table. So I made that switch. Um, and I I made that switch in April. I they didn't they they told me I didn't have to cap with them because I'd already capped where I was. And I was like, but then I wouldn't get stock. So they like, no throw the cap on there i already capped with them and i have six grand in stock already wow. um and it's going to be more than that because i capped so i'm about to hit their sixteen thousand dollars that they have to give me too holy crap and then so what what was the big switch that made you decide all right exp is the way um austin had a huge part in it um but I mean, just those benefits alone, like that was the good thing that I had came from the factory was I knew what a 401k was. I knew what insurance was. So I feel like a lot of realtors that have been a realtor their whole life, they don't know any different. And I'm like, wait, I loved those benefits there at the company. EXP's offering those? Like, you know, I I'm, I watch people be realtor until they die, like 70 years old and then they die, never retired. So I was like, uh, EXP's offering me all this stuff. I never went into an office hated going into the office they don't have one i'm like perfect managing brokers right there one click away i never spoke to them anyway perfect like um every it just checked all the boxes and then i literally ran the numbers on a calculator and i lost like 50 grand wow. like by not being there and then nobody knows what company i work for anyway i never got a call that was like oh you you have a balloon you on your shirt yeah <laughs> i don't think i'm allowed to say it anymore but um, <laughs> <laughs> so i was like it doesn't matter dude like one company's just gonna give you benefits and one doesn't yeah. your clients pick you for you they do not pick you for the name on your right. shirt unless yeah, it's he, your own are you letting deals fall through the cracks because you don't have good systems in place We've been there before, and honestly, we've tried several different CRMs, and RE Simply has been the absolute best. RE Simply tracks your KPIs, does automatic follow-ups for you, and even records incoming phone calls. The system is very easy to use, and honestly, it has more features than we even know what to do with. If you're looking for a great CRM, try RE Simply today. Click the link in the description below. Check it out now. So 100%. for people who don't know, uh, EXP has a multi-level marketing type component to it where you get rev share. So if you have folks signed up underneath of you, which was easy for Jeff to like immediately go from, you know, usually you need four people underneath of you to kind of max out that first like tier pay plan type thing. But if you're regularly investing in your people, coaching them, teaching them, that sort of thing, you can make money off of them in a way that is not like you directly taking a percentage of everything because you know a lot of a lot of places will be like hey i'll teach you but you need to give me 40 percent of your uh whatever you make on this house this just kind of automatically happens and it becomes monthly residual income so there's a residual income component you can also opt in to take five percent of your check and turn yeah. it into stock options so you can buy stock at a reduced price dakota's doing it i'm doing it i think dakota forgot that he's got stock no, sitting somewhere yeah. <laughs> i don't forget i think it's went up i think it's went up from like ten dollars a share to like 25 dollars a share so you might you have doubled it and then some i don't know Bro, i, I got a net worth sheet that i keep track of like all, all oh price. so you still log in yeah oh okay i go every time i log in and i update my net worth sheet Nice. Dude, I don't forget. Dude, I would like to I'm see yours. I'm the one who keeps track of all the spreadsheets. You think I'm going to forget? <laughs> I would like to any? see, see no. yours. No. I do the same thing on a net sheet, and I have it like it was a budget sheet, and then I just started like, because like, I'm so good with the numbers and all that. So I went from a budget, it had all my incomes, my accounts, my debts, my assets, and then I just was like, oh, if I just do this as a formula, boom, net yep. worth. Um, and so I've tracked that for like the last four years. And yep. the moment you started to track that, it was like, yep. But I bet ours look, I mean, your number's probably way higher, but I bet our setup's probably similar yeah i just it. list exactly like you said just list all your assets list all your liabilities take that minus that and then bam yeah i just included mine with my budget on there as well so that's yep. the only difference yep that's awesome so outside of business <laughs> were you gonna set a relationship goal have you set relationship goals um yeah well so like the one main goal that like jimmy helped me set up was the 30 minutes a day with my wife in the mornings and like i said it was awesome and then now i'm not doing it anymore mm. so i i think that and then i had already had like the it was literally so small my goal was like 20 minutes of uninterrupted time with like my kids like my son my daughter and then um my wife and i couldn't even hit that goal um but like just the other day uh, i had like i think 
probably close to an hour of just outside with my daughter and it was like the rest of the world wasn't even there you know mm -hmm. no phone and we're just playing like the dumbest stuff in the yard like jumping on a, a little kickball thing and like she's just laughing and it was like the best hour of my week by far wow what i would what i always suggest to people is if 30 minutes isn't working it doesn't mean just throw it all out make it shorter yeah hey i need 10 minutes because like a lot of times we think that it has to be longer than what it needs to be it does not have to be long just like you said it's sometimes just about your intentionality and the time that you're actually there and so that's why i think that 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 thing that we sent you over will hopefully help because dude that takes five minutes yeah the odds of you saying i don't have five minutes to find out about how everything's going is it's unlikely and that connection that you have just daily is it's it's crazy how big of a difference you can make with a smaller amount of time the only other thing that i would say that might help is like something to make it measurable because i have a very similar mindset of you of like man how do i know if i'm doing good what if this isn't working how much is it working how much do we love where's our relationship at right so one thing that i found is ask good questions and then create a time that you're going to ask those questions monthly so something that we do in the in here is we actually ask each other to rate each other and i think it's a good idea to rate ask her hey what would you rate our relationship on a scale of one to ten <laughs> and just ask her that straight those up numbers were real low when you asked huh mm -hmm. yeah like twos and ones yeah so then ask that and then continue to ask that monthly and then ask a couple other questions you think are important to measure to measure yeah. and then you can have some like it's not completely objective but it's a whole lot more objective than nothing even though it's a relative you know number at least you have something objective to see if you're growing or you're not and then you can keep track of that as well and it's it's just the same thing as the net worth sheet what you track you actually want to improve so as soon as you start tracking this stuff asking the questions you want to make it better oh yeah yeah and i think that's probably just one of the reasons why it's so easy for me to turn it off is because i can't track it i have no knowledge of it if it's good if it's bad or why it's bad um so i yeah i really appreciate your guys's advice mm -hmm. And, you know, like if your relationship starts taking a turn for the worse, like uh, the pain of going through a divorce or the pain of not having that person around anymore is a lot greater than you realize. Oh, yeah. I just actually had a weird, I don't know what brought it to my mind. I think we got into a fight, I think. And uh, for some reason, my mind went to like, what if she died yeah. and like i just thought of the pain like i would feel the pain my daughter would feel my i was like we would be absolutely lost and i was like what if you know what if one of my kids died we would all be absolutely and like that pain you know it, that makes everything else go away none of those businesses would matter if that happened um so it sucks to use pain like that like you know like if i'm why would i need to think of you dying for me to want to actually be around but it might be what it takes yeah use use whatever resources skills you need in order to love them better that's what i always believe is like whatever you have to do in order to like get to where you want like make the best relationships ethical like not lying stealing or anything like that but anything that you can do to to make that stronger i think is a, a valuable resource yeah, yeah. My, i just went back and re-listened to uh the uh what is it your success code by ed Milan? unlocking your success yeah code. i just went back and listened to that for the third time now in the car yesterday mm -hmm. and it gave me a great idea because dakota and i are going to be speaking at an re simply event in san diego california and something that he brought up was uh how powerful that those negative consequences can be like the prices that you end up paying and he was specifically talking about how his doctor, he was so thankful that his doctor came in and approached him the way that he did because he was like, you have a lot of money, right? Like you're a, a well-to-do guy and you know, you uh, have these bad behaviors and that sort of thing. Like, uh, do you want to be around to see your daughter walk down the aisle? And then Ed was getting upset, but he was saying the things that were making him understand the consequences of not being able to get his health under control and yeah. so maybe for us the way that i translated it is that maybe we need to better articulate what the consequences of are not being great at sales like if you aren't you you don't have a lot of uh certainty you don't have a lot of stability even if you can't consistent if you don't have a confidence in the consistency then you end up paying the price of not knowing where you're at not knowing if you can actually do this or not and so then I think about you with your relationship, like, dude, Dakota and I have both been divorced. Yeah. You don't want that. I've been divorced. Mm. Well, you don't want that again. <laughs> yeah. That first one, though, like, I don't really count, though, but yeah. 
You don't count. Okay, tell <laughs> he, us. Uh, tell us about this it. real quick. No, he still says it exists. He still counts it. He yeah, just... I mean, I, I would never say like, oh, I haven't been. But so it was. Uh, she was here as an au pair. You know what that is? Uh, super rich people get a nanny, a foreign nanny from another country. So she was here from Germany for these rich Zimmer people oh, okay. and watching their kids. Well, they would. Uh, she would literally take them to a daycare during the day and then nanny for them in the afternoon. So then she would go to the Y. So I met her at the Y and it was, uh, she had like four months left and we were like, well, let's just hang out for four months together, you know? And it was, it was great. And then at the end of the four months, I was just like, uh, I'm not really ready for you to go back to Germany. And she's like, yeah, me either. So I was like, well, let's just get married. You get a green card. We'll try it out. And uh, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then, yeah, this wasn't her, her, uh, her idea of America was not staying in Warsaw. Her idea was, you know, Miami, Chicago, New York. And so she was ready to go home after like a year and a half or something like that. Wow. So, man, that would have worked. That's why I don't count that one. But that's that interesting. That would have worked great for your uh, Latino guy because then, you know, you'd be able to marry anybody that you did. Now, now you're married. So, you <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. You can't help work the deal like that, you know? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Cut that part. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff is willing to take the hit to get any yeah, any house sold. <laughs> I probably do got to get. All right, let's though. get the final question. Okay, final. So I asked fast you for prep questions. <laughs> fast forward all the way to the end of your life, and you're on your deathbed. You have a final message that you get to deliver to the world, and it could be a sentence, a mantra, a paragraph. It could be a billboard in Times Square. It could be a journal entry. It could be something to your friends and family. But when people see it, they'll go, yeah, that was definitely Jeff. I know that he would have said that. And it's your last message to the world you think the world needs to hear. People are going to look at it and know this is your legacy. Mm, probably watch the LTD podcast, <laughs> episode 80. <laughs> no, uh, that would have been a good one to give me to prep on, though, for sure. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I could come up with a ton of messages where it would be like, yeah, that was Jeff, like business-related, because like, I'm all about business. We so only someone, need one. I only need one, buddy. Well, I, I don't feel like that would be the message I would leave, though, is the thing. Like, um, it would have to be... It, uh, like time time is short and to spend it with the people you love because um, I don't think anybody ever truly grasps that until someone no, close to you dies I would think um, so yeah I, I feel like that would and I mean that was even my message to um, that guy when he got on my team and I he you know brand new in real estate and I said hey the hardest thing because he was married with a kid and I'm like the hardest thing is going to be balancing your work-life balance like your family's gonna suffer that was my number one message to him, and I don't know the solution to that, but that would be my message is to be with the ones you love the most. Love it. Well, we will let you get out of here. Any way that uh, the listeners can get a hold of you if they want to sell some real estate. Yeah, uh, my number is 574-527-1651. All over social media, just Jeff Cavender Realtor, uh, YouTube channel now, so... Jeff with a G. Yeah, spelled the correct way, G-E-O-F-F. Yes. Yes. Cool. Well, thanks again for coming on, bro. Thanks for letting me on after I, <laughs> like, strong-armed you into it. <laughs> so I'm going to annoy these guys until they bring me on. I love it. All right, thank you guys for watching. We'll see you on the next one. Peace.